aunt's a very lucky woman, Angelica, because she has two lives. She has the life she's leading, also the books she's writing. Mrs. Dalloway said she would buy the flowers herself. Mrs. Dalloway said she would buy the flowers herself. Sally, I think I'll buy the flowers myself. Three different women. This life, it's what I've always wanted. I had an idea of our happiness. Each living a lie. I wish, for your sake, Leonard, I could be happy in this quietness. Each putting someone else's life. Good morning, Mrs. Dalloway. First. That is what we do. That is what people do. They stay alive for each other. What about your own life? Just wait till I die. Then you'll have to think of yourself. What's happening? He gives me that look to say, your life is so trivial. It only matters if you think it's true. My life has been stolen from me. But you know, you have an obligation to your own sanity. I am attended by doctors everywhere. I am attended by doctors who inform me of my own interests. Baking the cake for daddy to show him that we love him. Otherwise, he won't know we love him. That's right. Bed, Laura Brown. I remember one morning getting up at dawn. There was such a sense of possibility. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the beginning of happiness. I have lost those feelings forever. Mommy, I love you. Don't worry, honey. Everything's fine. You're my guy. To look life in the face. To know it for what it is. To love it for what it is. It is the right of every human being. Wow. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome oh back, my everybody. gosh. This movie I'm so excited to talk about. I just have one question for you and all of our listeners. Are you ready to get sad? Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about sad gay people? Let's get sad. Everybody, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made, made us gay. gay. Yes. Well, we finally got to it. We, we watched to it. The Hours, directed yes, by indeed. the one Mr. Stephen Daldry, released December 25th, 2002, Christmas 20 years day. ago. Wow. This is our 20th anniversary of this movie. Okay. And... Our guest today, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the guest remembered to buy the flowers himself. <laughs> Jackson Cooper. Jackson, welcome back. Yay. <laughs> we finally got to the years. hours. Wow. I've been excited to do this movie for a while. And I feel like there's been a too. few times where we've almost done it, but I've kind of held it. And now it's the, this is the time. I mean, it's not the fall, like this movie was released during the holiday times, because nothing says going to the movies on Christmas like this movie. Like drowning yourself in the river. Like drowning yourself in the river or okay. fucking up a, a cake. Okay. Driving away it's from a, your it's a very son. It's a very great, it's a very great toned movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just what I want to watch in the dark months. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to know that this movie is 20 years old, yeah. because when it... I. I, I saw this movie and I was like a grown working adult. I remember thinking about it at my job. 
But I was doing research, day. and this <laughs> shares the same year as another one of your recent uh, episodes was mm-hmm. Chicago. Chicago. Yes. And I, before we jumped on the recording, I had to double check the release date of Chicago to see if uh, it was a Christmas release. It was not. It was released, I think, about a week and a half before. Right, because okay. it was because I was looking at all the Oscar movies that year, and I was like, "What a yeah. fucking murderer's yeah. row!" Talk to her. <laughs> and most of them were all Weinstein movies produced wow. by right. Miramax. Frida, yeah. That yeah, was the Frida year. Yeah, but like Spirited Away, about mm-hmm. Schmidt, about a boy, Chicago adaptation, Far from Heaven, Ye Two, Mama Tom, Beyond, Talk wow. to Her, all the bangers. Yep. I mean, just all bangers, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Renee and Nicole were just like on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The blondes, the blonde bombshells of yeah. New Hollywood. And I mentioned yeah. it on our Chicago episode, but I've always kind of thought this would have been a very tight best actress here. That I'm sure that, wow. I mean, yeah. like Denzel said, shadily when he <laughs> announced Nicole Kidman's name by a nose, Nicole Kidman. Oh. I would imagine that Nicole probably won by a very slim margin. I think so, probably because mm-hmm. Chicago was so surprising yeah. by how good it was. Universally and like, beloved I, people, too. Yeah, and it was it was interesting. Like, the thing that all these have in common are they're so... Like they're they're not ma- they're with mainstream people, but the stories are really offbeat. Yeah, like yeah. Bout Schmidt is very offbeat, and uh, uh, Frida, you know, is like a, a it was a different movie making, but like Chicago too. Mm-hmm. But they had really um, solid, you know, powerhouse people in them. So yeah, yeah, I, I could imagine it was a tight race too. Uh, we will we should talk about it, but I was ve- I was actually very surprised this was her. Oscar her win, win. Yeah. yeah 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 well i mean it's, it has like all of the elements you know it's got like the the makeup work it's got her being so courageous and looking looking dowdy looking what, so, just such courage looking off showing. in the distance and just being sad well yeah it but has, I mean, it has the one oscar scene it has the one oscar, the great it, scene but there is yeah. the oscar scene yes. when i was watching it i was like Oh, this is, they're going to mm-hmm. excerpt this moment where and, she's, you know, yes. looking right off camera and yelling at you. <laughs> and, uh, and then she gets quiet. Um, but it, yeah. al- <laughs> it also has something for the time, mainstream actresses dabbling in lesbianism, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> much like Frida. And, and mainstream actresses, my big soapbox about the Oscars is an, an actress has to make herself ugly, ugly. in yeah. order to win an this Academy Award. This is the, this is the courage so. that that's I was been, I mean, that's yeah. been something. I mean, that's yeah. what won, like, Grace Kelly her Oscar. Exactly. The, like, the that's upset to exactly end all I'm upsets is that Grace Kelly, like, deglammed to play, like, a frumpy housewife, right? Well... Yeah, a, a school teacher. A school and teacher, she, okay. And put on glasses, <gasps> looked nothing alike, and no. then uh, what took... Judy Garland's well-deserved Oscar and snatched it out of her hand. Well, and also much like Grace Kelly's win is Nicole Kidman was just coming off of two really big years with like 2000 and 2001 where she just sort of had this huge career like 
I mean, I wouldn't even say it's a comeback. I guess that no. Nicole finally just blossomed after divorcing Tom Cruise. Yeah. That she right. was kind of getting these awesome movies. And I guess Grace Kelly at the time would have just been the starlet that Hollywood wanted to invest in. So that's sort of a big narrative in Best Actress is just sort of investing yeah. in the what's sort of the leading lady that is going to have a very promising future. Yeah, almost like give it to them to keep them around or give it mm-hmm. to them to send them off into the sunset, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think for Grace, it was a little bit of both. I don't know the chronology of her becoming the Princess of Monaco, but I, it was around, you know, it was the 50s, so it was around mm-hmm. that time. Um, so I think it was kind of this, you know, stay here, stay in Hollywood, you're valid, but also <laughs> she should have won for a rear window, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not fixing the Oscars like some people were. <laughs> and I would be, before we get s- sort of too into it, if we're on the subject of best actress, I would imagine Meryl was probably sixth place in this race. Oh, okay. Because I know that they did put they did campaign her in lead. So Interesting. Did, okay. So break it down for listeners who are not aware of the three. Did they all get nominated, and what were they nominated for? Well, I mean, they were all nominated. Okay. Both Nicole and Julianne got the hours nominations. They for, put, for lead? They uh, put Nicole in lead, and uh, Virginia Woolf has the least amount of screen time right. of the three. Right. That's something yeah. that Julianne to. was in supporting actress. She okay. got double nominations this year with Far From Heaven, so she and showed up And did Meryl twice. get nominated for anything? Meryl was nominated in Supporting Actress for Adaptation. For Adaptation. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I mean, that was probably part of the reason why maybe she But, you know, I watched lead. this movie yeah. in 2022, not having seen it probably for 20 yeah, years. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think Meryl is doing yeah. a little bit more of the heavy lifting throughout. Right, she is. She uh, is, and I mean, also like Allison Janney should yeah, have gone. Some yes. kind of not. Tony Collette should have gone. Oh, some Tony kind of not. So like, but I, Jeff I also Daniels, think I was like, th- I was like, everyone's just bringing their even the below the line cast. Right. Is I think incredible. I think Meryl's Meryl's doing more of the Oscar. Right, but can, but can I? Can I say that in my opinion, she while she is doing more of the she's more of the lead character, she's our audience, she's the person that we're watching, but also what everything that she's doing, while it's great and phenomenal and it's Meryl Streep and all that, I feel like this is some this is something that Meryl could kind of do in like on a break between like really heavy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like she's yeah. not even really like when I first saw this movie, it really affected me. It blew me away. It stayed with me for days. I just kept thinking about it. But now when I watch it, I was like, wow, this just seems like something that's so easy for Meryl. Like, she's just kind of killing it. Yeah. She she is. Everything feels very rehearsed kind of, in, yeah, her, yeah. in her role. Um, I'm thinking about, not to jump ahead, I'm thinking about the breakdown the, scene mm-hmm. where she's talking to Jeff Daniels in the kitchen. And it all felt very, you know, theatrical and yeah. calculated, mm-hmm. and and that made me go like, oh, this is big Oscar acting versus, um, you know, versus some of her other stuff, which is a little more natural, I think. Um, even parts of like Devil Wears Prada, yeah. And such. So, That's yeah. what I was thinking exactly that Devil Wears Prada, in that that character is like it's such a well fleshed out character, and she is doing this performance. 
Um, but it's like every, she's like fully just living in the, in you know uh, yeah. now I can't think of the character's name. Um, <clears throat> in this movie? No, no, no. For in um, oh Miranda, 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 Miranda yeah. Priestley. She's fully just embodying Miranda Priestley as this like um almost a caricature. But as Clarissa, it just feels like because it's so just like I'm an everyday woman. I'm a rich Manhattanite. <laughs> I have a beautiful and, kitchen. And her character is more of the the audience way in. And mm-hmm. so she's reacting a lot yeah. to things. Yes. Yeah. Cause yeah, there's this is. scene at the end with Julianne where she's, the camera's just cutting back to her. Yeah. Taking Listening. it all in. Clarissa's not, not having really any of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I thought it was interesting when they talk about, I think that there is a interview with Meryl Streep where they talk about the relation, their character relationships with the book, Mrs. Dalloway and she mm-hmm. kind of put it that Clarissa probably read it in college and really didn't understand it, but it's just sort of a book that everyone, all of these smart people that surround Clarissa just sort of like think that she embodies Mrs. Dalloway. But it, but the character herself, like she read it once. She When she was 19 yeah. or When she 20, was like in yeah. college and yeah. she didn't really think much of it. And ironically, she you know she's an editor, which didn't right. click to me yeah. um, until this this time around viewing it. And I've tried to watch it every year, but this time around, I was like, "Oh right, she's an editor." She's so she probably guests, read it yeah. once mm-hmm. and then was like, "I know people talk about it all the time, like Great Gatsby." So I mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then it's all I, I. She never puts the pieces together, which I guess is her plot line. You know mm-hmm. that she is that person. Yeah. yeah. So before we get too into the conversation, I do want to start with, do you remember when you first watched this movie? Oh. Because I have a very a yes. very vivid memory of <laughs> being dropped off much. at this movie when I was in high school. <laughs> I, um, I, bought, I bought a used copy. I was, okay, so the poster is so good with just yeah. the three yeah. of them, the, the, the big bold type font of hours mm-hmm. and then the curliness of the um I know you all have the poster I was going to say <laughs> I'll have to tell you when we were cleaning out our apartment for the move I found the poster that I picked up from my job at the movie store that yeah. I had hanging in my bedroom in high school as you yes, do yes i was as the type of teenage boy do. that had he, he must like women <laughs> that had the, the women. poster all to the hours <laughs> I I bought it. I bought it. I remember buying DVDs that were not conspicuously homosexual right. looking, you know. <laughs> and uh, but I bought that, and it's. I mean, not. We'll we'll get emotional this conversation, mm-hmm. but it affect it affected me in yeah. a in a deep way about like queerness and <laughs> isolation, and it was just so beautiful. But I remember watching it. Uh, alone one night by myself and I just couldn't turn it off and it felt it's weird it felt like in a good way it felt like reading a book it was it was this long yeah. mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. this epic like the, my first viewing I just remember like all these things are happening I watch it again I'm like this is a really fast film yes but in in taking it in it felt like such a journey but I I loved it. I got obsessed with the Philip Glass score. Still am. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I like to do it as a litmus test for, um, you know, boyfriends and stuff. And they're always <laughs> like, "It's very depressing." I'm like, "That's the fucking point." <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Fuck. You know that with certain people, if you drop 
I'm going to make the crab thing. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I just remember, I remember it was a very well respected movie. Yes. Like my, yeah. like my mom, like my parents had yeah. seen it. Like, like a lot of people had seen it mm-hmm. and knew it. Uh, but it, it was never, the word lesbian was never spoken in that. Mm-hmm. It was always just like, Oh yeah, that was a really, that was a really sad movie about suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, but there's also lesbians. <laughs> and it's also about Several this and also lesbians. about that. And it was one of the first movies that felt very, um, without being art house, it felt very literary. Like it right. felt like yeah. there were a lot of themes. There were different, you know, different, different things going on all at once. And it was like, it wasn't just about one thing. Right. It was about yeah. all these other things. Yeah. But I remember my parents being like, yeah, I remember watching that. That's about suicide. Right. I was like, not really. It is, but it isn't, yeah. but <laughs> it's about a lot of the other things. So, but lesbians were never spoken in the press <laughs> when asked about when not just my parents, but other people, they were just like, Oh yeah, that's the Nicole Kidman nose job movie. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. <laughs> Everybody had the you know the Tony Collette attitude of just like, what are you talking about? There's no, there's no ladies kissing no in this movie. Happening. <laughs> yeah, uh, Scott, you were dropped off. All right, so let me set let me set the scene. <laughs> oh my god, this was early. I think this would have been like March of. 2003, probably mm-hmm. right before the Oscars, because I know that I had seen this movie when Nicole won. So I had seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with my parents at the Holiday Inn in Great Falls, Montana, for a bow hunting convention that my stepdad does speak at like outdoorsy stuff. And he does like uh, outdoor bow hunting talks. Like, uh, and he was doing something at the bow hunting convention at the Holiday Inn in Great Falls. And I'm just like, um, I'm going to peace out here. Uh, you should drop me off at the movie because I really want to see the hours. It starts at like 1 p.m. And my mom and stepdad drop me off at the movies. Like we are dropping off our teenage son at the hours by himself. <laughs> and they had no idea no what idea. it was about. I'm sure that, I mean, I think that they... Probably, I think. That, I mean, I think that they just knew that it was just a really big awards movie at the time, so that's why Scott wanted to see it. But Scott <laughs> has to see everything, so yeah. Judging Scott, by judging got, by that trailer, it seems like a real like paranormal. I live yeah, in real life. Boy, yeah, we can't with that trailer. It's of- cut like <laughs> a like a psychological thriller. <laughs> yeah, your mommy, are you okay? Oh. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, and like that was the first time I watched The Hours, and I remember just walking away like really affected by it. Mm-hmm. And I think that the part that got to me the most, and we'll definitely like unpack that whole subplot of the movie, is I think the character of Richard. Well, that, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that character probably affected me when I was seventeen the most. Yeah. Like a am little I, kid, am a little seeing, kid who's dropped am off. Am I seeing on his myself in like Richie? <laughs> am I seeing like like is like am I going to become this man when I get older? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 2002. We still had that hardcore like fear of like AIDS looming over us. Like totally, d- totally. Like that MTV like uh, Sex in the 90s. Like you are going to get AIDS and you are going to mm-hmm. die alone. Yeah, as a gay man, like that fear was like drilled into us by you know 
MTV, really, you know, everywhere, yeah. like society was just like, this is going to happen. And it was 2002, so we still really had this, like, this looming over us, you know, and that we didn't have, like, prep or, you know, Truvada or any of that stuff. We were just, like, still in the thick of it and seeing that character, you know, that noble homosexual dying of AIDS is still kind of like a trope in movies at this time. And, um, I mean, I, I feel like when... I kind of got the revelation in the movie of like Ed Harris and like Richie, the little boy and all that, that just like slapped me across the face. I that remember. Slapped me across. Yeah. That was yeah. the moment for me when yeah. it, it does that cut mm-hmm. to him her, looking at the, the wedding photo, photo. Yep. Her on the wedding. Yeah. Yep. The wedding I was like, <gasps> what? No. and then when, Gag. and then when Meryl opens the door and it's and her, and there she like, is. Oh my, oh, God. my yeah. God. And then you just get that. You start putting it all together. She, she left. She did it. Like yeah. she did it, man. She did, she had that baby and pieced. She out. chose life. She chose and life. got the fuck out of the suburbs. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that ending really affecting me a lot. Like that final yeah. monologue she yeah. lives was just like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, was I the only one of us three that saw this in the movie theater? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I, I did not see it in the theater. All right, and hey, I, where did you see it? I, I just rented it. Okay. You know, I just rented the DVD and watched it myself alone in my apartment in 2002. And yeah, my friends at that, that was like peak, like Pete and his friends going out time. Party all the time. Yeah. You weren't like, like dragging all of our guy friends. No. Hours. Yeah. We're going out to, in like middle of the week, like Tuesday, text chain, T9 texting on our like Nokia. <laughs> 9600s Tuesday night <laughs> j- literally just texting tonight question mark and then and then and then going to work at, at seven yeah. o'clock the next morning still drunk yeah. um so yeah I feel like we weren't going to the movies a lot around that time so, so a lot of times Scott's like who'd you see this with and I'm like myself in my room because <laughs> I wasn't going to the movies at this time um but you know it was such part of like the zeitgeist at the time, especially with, you know, with the, the Nicole Kidman nose job and like, you know, and it was just that like that Miramax era. And I still yeah. was very much a movie, you know, person and nerd or whatever. So I did make a point to to rent it and to watch it. And um, and yeah, the same thing. I was just slapped across the face with the, you know, adult Richie story. She, she calls him Richard the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And that little boy has those eyes that's like clearly this is you know little baby ed harris but um yeah i just remember just being really affected by it thinking about it at work the next couple days just like wow that movie was was intense was a lot um it's so it's such an interesting thing to think about in like today's movie terms because we're in such this like these people can't play these roles kind yeah. of an And era. also major studios usually don't make movies like this anymore. I mean No, yeah. no, was, I was thinking that yeah. too where I was like this movie could never ever be made and yeah. even yeah. that those subtle, you know, hints every once in a while or, or like the the amount of work, I mean not in a bad way, but the amount of work that the viewer has to do to yeah. layer everything together yes. Yes. where it's just like, I mean, it's just the book, but if you really kind of know the book, you'll know that blah, blah, blah. Um, was, I can't, can't be done. I yeah. I don't think anymore, unless studios like spoon fed 
the viewer, you know, by the way, this, you know, Richie has a blue ball <laughs> and in and when we first Seriously. see at Paris, oh, a blue God. ball is on the, you know, you're like Okay, there's obvious Easter eggs when I watch it again, but yeah. in in watching this every, every time I've seen it, it's it is that thing where it's like there's it's not complicated. It's very oh, yeah. straightforward. Yeah. It's very kitchen sink drama. Um, <laughs> David Hare, who wrote it, is a playwright, so it all makes sense. Yeah. There's just long scenes of talking for nine minutes, and I was like, this was a major studio picture. It's and crazy. Made decent money too. It's not like nobody saw this yeah. movie. Like it, it fully made back. Like it made back its budget and went into the black too. Yeah, and and really, gr- I mean, like Stephen Daldry's no joke. Like I think yeah. he was coming off of Billy Elliot. Yeah, he was coming off Billy Elliot. Mm-hmm. So you know, to do a, a a quieter movie like this is is a risk. But I don't know. They did a great job. I didn't. I didn't look up any of the marketing for it, but I guess they just sort of went off the A list actors that sure, were sure. on it. Yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah. yeah, I think the movies where you do have to do work as the viewer, I think those are a lot of times you do remember those a lot more. Maybe that is why this ha- this did affect us so much because we kind of felt like this you know, ownership of it when we kind of like figured it out or like, you know, when it was kind of always revealed at a certain point, we we're just like, yeah. whoa, those kind of things. It's like we were rewarded for paying attention, you know? Yeah. And I think maybe that those things as viewers, we, we remember it more as opposed to the movies where they are, these things are spoon fed to us that we're just like, ah, whatever with, you know, I don't know. It, it is just so well done and you don't see movies like this anymore, but no, I miss, I miss movies like this. It's movies like Merrill in August Osage County, which mm-hmm. is based on a play. It's like these these movies that are kind of based on theatrical yeah. or have that theatrical mm-hmm. cadence. It's like I want them to be like that, but then they like movieize it, you know, <laughs> Hollywoodize it, yeah. and, and it's like quick takes and and everyone's outside in the yard when they're supposed to be in the living room, and you're like, <laughs> no, I j- like let's just have a two camera setup, you know, of two people talking in a kitchen uh and one trying to make crab and <laughs> break <it> down <laughs> it's that easy yeah. yeah i read uh i don't know imdb trivia or something where th- the way it was described of three women affected by mrs dalloway and you know virginia wolf is writing it yeah uh, julianne moore is reading it mm-hmm. and meryl streep is living it yeah, and I was like, okay, that's great. And the the interesting thing to me is a like watching it the first time. It's like you can't take it too literally that she's like actually is kind of. I I haven't read Mrs. Dalloway, but or that or that or that Nicole Kidman is writing Meryl Streep. You know? yeah. Right, it's right, like, right. Not, yeah, yeah. That, it's not the never ending story. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, well, I've I've read Mrs. Dalloway. I love the book, and it's it's a wild like stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, book that is just yeah. It's one woman's life in a day, but it's it's just this continuous like train of thought. Right, right. Mm-hmm. What it is, which is interesting, and I've read the hours, which is fantastic. Written by Michael Cunningham, a homosexual. <laughs> homosexual. Yep. Also wrote uh, Home, Home, at, the Home at the End of the, of the World. world. Another was, movie that I used to really love when I was like 19 years old. 
I did too. I watched that mm-hmm. after this, and I was like, "Okay, it's pretty good." Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting um, movie that sort of goes into throuples or like what? yeah, early, early yep. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in before we get into talking about the movie, I have a quiz. Oh, Yay! Right. So Let's I do usually this. do the quizzes, so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. Now these this is kind of based on IMDb trivia and some other sources. Okay. So you probably won't get these. So is it but... sort of just about its stack cast? Just because like <laughs> it's the women. It's the women. I went yeah. woman it. by woman and did like one or two questions for nearly all nearly all the women. The ones okay. missing are Alice and Janney, I don't have any on. Okay. So Okay. All right, so let's we'll get start to it. with Nick. Nick. Our Nick. All right. Okay. She's been nominated for four Academy Awards. What are the four Academy Awards she's nominated for? Not one, because she won for the hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know this. Okay. So her her first nomination was for the Moulin Rouge. That was her first nomination? Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. She lost to Halle Berry. That's the only one I remember. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, Lost to Halle Berry. You think that she would have won... I think it's up in the air because I, I think that Oscar, I think, means a lot to history. All right. Yes, I think, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, yeah, for sure, but mm-hmm. she should have won. So, I mean, you said not to count the hours because her follow-up mm-hmm. nomination was for the hours. Right. Um, she was then nominated for uh, Rabbit Hole. Very good. Rabbit Hole, okay, movie that good. I did see in the theater. Um, re- a big downer, but I think it's one of... Nicole's Fantastic. best performances, in my opinion. Fantastic. And then uh, nominated for Lion in Best Supporting Actress. Very good. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, ba- yep, best, support, supporting best Supporting Actress. Best Supporting Actress. And then, of course, last uh, earlier this year, she was just nominated. Batman Forever. For uh, Lucy <laughs> Ricardo. Ah, Lucy yep. Ricardo. Mm-hmm. Yes, being <laughs> the Ricardo. Or <laughs> yep. uh, she should have been nominated for Batman Forever and the Grace Kelly movie. Ah, yep. yes. Yeah, <laughs> Nicole's had a few close calls that I think that she probably got pretty far. I think that she was probably pretty close to getting a double nomination the year that uh, um, Boy Erased and Destroyer came out, and she missed both of them. Oh, yeah. I still think Dr. Chase Meridian is an Oscar-winning role. I mean, it's iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Iconic character name. uh, uh, Which I have revisited, and she is very wooden in that uh, movie. Second thing of Gotham. It's the the script. Blame the script. uh, uh, Pete's first try next. All All right. What was Nicole's U.S. debut film? Uh, her U.S. debut film because we're not going to count uh, BMX, Bandits, BMX Bandits or that no. one, no. or that no. one about like a private school or something. I don't know. Is she in that one? Flirting with Tandy Newton. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna say uh, Days of Thunder. Days no, of Thunder. Scott. No. You want to steal? Is it uh, Dead Calm? Dead Calm. Dead Very calm. good. 1989. Okay. Wow. US, US debut. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Eyes Wide Shut faced so much controversy, including the tabloids about Nick and Tom. Mm-hmm. What is one piece of gossip that circulated during the filming? This is multiple choice. That Nick was not actually Australian, but British <laughs> and was using Tom as a means for US citizenship. B, that Kubrick originally cast Melanie Griffith, but Nick and Tom were such an item, the studio made him cast Nicole. C, that Tom and Nick's marriage was a cover-up for Tom's homosexuality. 
or D, that Kubrick was actually using Eyes Wide Shut in order to make his Napoleon movie? C. I think it's C2. I think it's the gay cover up. Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's the gay thing. <laughs> yeah. It's the gay thing. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the Tom Cruise's gay thing. <laughs> we know you know what I was just remembering? And I think that it goes into it on Tom Cruise's wiki, but there was a adult film actor that claimed that he had an affair with Tom Cruise. <gasps> no. Like, really? I want to say that it's buried in his Wikipedia. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, like it that... was a thing. Okay. I, I can... Uh... I can see that. I always think of Eyes Wide Shut as a comedy of <laughs> I've I've told people when I've when I've screened the film, I've always said, watch it as a comedy about Tom Cruise having blue balls oh and repressing God. his sexuality. Oh and they're like, God. it's a totally new movie. It's a totally new movie. <laughs> we'll have to get around to doing it for uh, Christmas. All right. Yes, Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> all right. This is kind of a trick question. What are the two highest-rated Nicole Kidman feature films on IMDb? Paddington 2. No! No. Ooh, I think she's in Paddington people, 1. People love Paddington. Uh, oh, maybe she's not in Paddington 2. Oh, my gosh. I even she's, pulled this for our Nicole Kidman quiz for To Die For. This is, by the way, this is a trick question. There's technically three, like two real ones and one fake out. Ah. Oh. So so give the okay give the two real ones that she's actually in and then there's one that she's not but she's credited in. Oh that's interesting. Is Panic Room one of them? No. Oh no, is she the one on the phone? She's, she's over on the, the phone. phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 not yeah. not Panic Room. Okay. That's you listen, that... she's nominated for one of them. Milan Rouge. No. Uh, what? Milan Rouge's reception is pretty mixed at the time. Wow. Um I would probably say Rabbit Hole. No, oh, no, but drama, drama. Okay. I mean, I'm just going right down the lion. Lion. Okay. Yeah, that one. Wow. Another one that is uh, has a very controversial director attached to it. Oh, um. Uh, oh, Dog- is, it, Dogville? is it Dogville? Dogville. Yeah, sure. Wow. So those are the two real ones, but her highest rated, according to IMDb, is American Beauty, which she is credited in a special thing. Because she was working on a play, the Blue Room. Mendez at yeah. the time gave him advice about the script, and she has a special thanks. And now that's the highest rated film on her IMDb that's so interesting. page. Wow! I remember at the time that was like the talk of Broadway because you saw her naked on screen, yes, or yeah. like on on stage. stage. Yep, the Blue Room. I think it was mm-hmm. called something like that. Okay. okay, now we'll move to Merrill. All right, according to IMDb. DB was the lowest rated movie of Meryl Streep's. Okay. Think about your least favorite. Uh, okay, least favorite. I mean, is, I, Meryl, is Meryl in movie 43? No. Yeah. <laughs> you always the go for movies that made us You always question. go for like movie 43 movie whenever you like pull I mean, lowest rated movies of an actress. Well, I mean, everybody's in it. I'm in it. I've got a, I've got a cameo. Um, you okay. really? No. I'm going to say, okay. uh, <laughs> what is that? Um, what is that movie that she did with Tom Cruise about the Iraq War? Lions for Lambs? No, no, it's not that. Is it Rendition? Um, no. This is her era post-Sophie's Choice when she was doing comedies. Oh. I mean, I love She-Devil. Did, did, did it's she, She-Devil. We it's love She-Devil. She-Devil. Yeah. She-Devil it's was She-Devil. really poorly rated. I love it, too. <laughs> I love it, too. Like, that, Defending Your Life, and and Death Becomes Her, like, yeah. all in that, those love few years. Great. Life. Yeah. 
All right, you already answered this. Julianne Moore is not is one of twelve actresses to receive Academy Award nominations in the same years. What movies were they for? Uh, Far her, from Heaven, her double and, nomination, um, The Hours, The yep. Hours. Yep. Right, that's wow. right. Um, very good in Far from Heaven. Yes. Um, okay, Claire Danes. All right, we love Claire Danes. All right. This when one. asked about directing her in Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann referred to Danes as the blank of her generation. A nod to a future co-star of hers in the hours. The Meryl Streep of her generation? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Baz called her the Meryl Streep of her generation. Some beg to differ. Okay. Um, She once had the opportunity to work with Steven Spielberg after her breakout in My So-Called Life. What was the movie? Bonus points for who the role actually went to. Okay, Spielberg. So this would have been... Spielberg from anything after 94. Um, I mean, Spielberg was up to like making The Lost World yeah. in 97. It wouldn't have been that. I mean, not Jurassic Park. Right, or, or not to give it away, yeah. right at The first Jurassic Park, yeah. No? Mm. Is it the first Jurassic Park? It's Schindler's a, List? It's a, it's a tentpole Hollywood film. Spielberg directed it, so it's definitely not. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely not Arm- uh, Armistead. Uh, Amistad. Amistad. <laughs> no. um, she was. Yeah, she was replaced by Hansi. Jaiman Hansu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, but 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 you're right with the historical. So it's a, wait. Is it Schindler's List? <laughs> Would she have been in there? She was. She was up for Whoa. Schindler's List. Oh boy! And it actually went to M. Beth Davids. She was offered it, but wow. they didn't want to give her Polish language tutoring, so she turned it down. There you go. And so they gave it to Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Wait, is that M. Beth Davids? Is Miss Honey? Yeah. That's so funny because she's considerably <laughs> older than her. So yeah. it, like that's a like I mean they weigh. Is it just somebody in the camp? It might have been. I yeah, assumed very, it was M. Beth Davids. So, yeah, you know, been, let else? your listeners. I don't I'm going to. Uh, listeners, please hate tweet at movies <laughs> that made us gay for the inaccuracies. And correct no, us. <laughs> all, I know, all I know is she was offered Schindler's List and turned it down for wow. Polish language. But there's not a lot of female. And then she went and did the Polish wedding instead. So. Yep. <laughs> it's, 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 you win some, you lose some. It's fine. Um, Tony Collette. Campaign for a role in a Tim Burton movie, ultimately not being in it. It was a big Hollywood campaign. What movie was it? Tony Collette. Was it the Queen of Hearts and Alice in Wonderland? No. It's around that time. You're very close. It's around that time. I mean, she would have been a really good Mrs. Lovett. Oh, was it Mrs. Lovett? It was Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Good Mrs. Lovett. She was campaigning to be that, but she lost out to Helena. Yeah. Okay, and uh, last question. Miranda Richardson. Yay. Holds a rare category of women who did not receive Oscar nominations for a Golden Globe winning performance. Okay. What was her role? And can, uh, yeah, okay. What was the role she did not receive the Oscar for, but she won a, Golden, won Globe a Golden Globe for? Or you can yeah. list the movie. I mean,. I can and, just... and and who was and what was what okay so answer that first and then there's a second part. So I mean both of Miranda Richardson's Oscar nominations uh Enchanting April? No 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 she didn't get an Oscar no. nomination. She won the Globe? Oh I I thought it was No. No but you're right. It's Enchanted April. She won a Golden Globe but she did not get an Oscar nom. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. And she was and nominated the, and for. Can you name? Can you name what role her co-star also shares this Oscar, or this honor with? Ah. And uh, I mean, is it who else is in Enchanting April? Enchanted April? No, no. Uh, her co-star in The Hours. Oh. So they won. They won a Globe. They won a Globe, but they did not. But get not an even Oscar got nominated for the Oscar for the same role. Got it. Hmm. I mean, I want to say that Meryl Streep won for adaptation that year. No. 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 And Nick won the Nick won the Globe for. Uh, well, I mean, for Moulin Rouge, but you got the Academy Award nomination. You're on the right path. So then this is, okay, so this is someone that probably lost the Oscar but won the Globe. Didn't even get she did not even Oscar. get an Oscar nomination, but she, but won, she won the, the Globe Golden Globe. For the same role. And this for the is same role. For the same role. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's not Nick. Don't overthink it. You already said it. I mean, you, Meryl. No. No, right? Nick for to die for. For Nick, to oh, die sure. for. She won, right. she won, she won the, the Oscar. She won the Globe she, for that uh, and did not no even get an Oscar. Oscar. And that was the year that uh, uh, Susan Sarandon won for uh, Dead Man Walking. All right. So, so here's the class of women for that. I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of old Hollywood yeah, people yeah, like yeah. Gene Simmons and Guys and Dolls, Marilyn Monroe and Some Like It Hot. Sure. No Love Oscar it. nomination. Yeah. Twiggy and The Boyfriend. Oh. Raquel Welch for Three Musketeers. I mean, Barbara also, Streisand, Stars Born, Bernadette Peters, uh, Pennies from Heaven, Kathleen Turner for Romancing the Stone and Pritzi's Honor, wow. both two years apart. Wow. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, True Lies. True Lies. Yeah. Uh, Madonna for Evita. Renee, Renee Zellweger for Nurse, for Nurse Betty. Betty. Yeah. Sally Hawkins, Happy Go Lucky, mm-hmm. and Amy Adams in Big Eyes. That's right. So, Wow. Uh huh. Fascinating. I mean, all right. That, and that's that the comedy. quiz. Yay. Pete, we even pulled a Nicole like sound cue and you didn't use it whenever we got stuff wrong. Oh, was that our, oh, that was our Nicole sound Sorry, cue. Sorry. We even pulled that's it. That's okay. Oh, it was, I didn't know it was for that. Yeah. I, I was waiting was for, for you to do it. I didn't, you didn't tell me. <laughs> I didn't bring out the Ouija board. No. You found it. You found it. <laughs> No, I didn't learn to castrate the bull. That is not true. Oh, that isn't true. No. no. All right. Well, let's. Uh... <laughs> I'll see if I can cut it in later. <laughs> we can we can cut it that in later. Made, we'll, 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 oh, that made it. What were some so of good. our wrong answers? Was it was it for was it for Nicole Kidman and Moulin Rouge? No. I- Oh boy! <laughs> no, it was uh, uh, was it was it for Claire Danes in the Lost World? No. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. It would have been Thank wild you. if Claire Danes would have ended up in the Lost World. <laughs> by the way. Yeah, okay, so I'm that's done. my quiz. I I kind of stumped again. What? How can I make a quiz for people who know everything? <laughs> so they, <laughs> I mean, but this movie is like even the below the line cast of like Jeff Daniels, Miranda Richardson, Allison Janney, Margot Mar- Martindale. Um, who plays uh, who plays <laughs> the um the woman in the flower shop? The Eileen Atkins. I love I love yes. that I, I love that character. I love how shady she so is. Good. Uh, and also, um, she's the cook. Oh, the woman who's the cook. The yeah, woman who's the cook. I don't know who that is. Love that actress yeah. too. Mm-hmm. All of them so good. 
Um, even Ed Harris, like who I was thinking back at that time, I was like, I guess he was kind of a star, but not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so for him to do something like this was uh, was really, and he was really good. Yeah, I mean, he would have just been coming off of like Pollock, too. Oh right, 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 right now, or right yeah. before he did radio with Cuba Gooding. Ah. Oh boy, um, <laughs> also Oscar nominated for the Truman Show too. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, of course, yes, very, very good. With that, everyone's good. Jeff hat. Daniels too, like a, a such a yeah, such a such is, a, Je- is is Jeff Daniels cool. ganging it up for this role though? A little bit. The very beginning, he's kind of being a little prissy. I'm like, all right. I don't. I don't like that they're like, oh, he's a gay man, and he's because he's wearing a turtleneck. Yeah. And you're like, oh, and he and he's like, oh, yeah, no. yeah. I, like he he arches his shoulders. Yes. He's like, oh, I feel so many feelings mm-hmm. today. I'm like, oh, yeah. This is our third Jeff, Jeff Daniels movie this summer. Yeah, we've. What uh, were the other two? Welcome home, Roxy Carmichael. In terms of in endearment. Terms of endearment. Yeah. Of endearment. That's right. He's in terms of endearment. Yeah. Yes. In terms of endearment, well, we're very torn on if we like him in that movie because we like him because it's 1982, Jeff Daniels, and he's like super cute, but his character is just a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he's not a great person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just leaves the kids. All right, bye guys. Go live with their grandmother forever while I'm still alive and have nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> this is really bad. Yeah. Well, should we should we tell the listeners what the movie is about? Maybe. Um, <laughs> well, that's another thing. This movie is on HBO Max, so we were able to just kind of watch it on the Max. We're mm-hmm. able to stream it. We do have our Scott's. I still have my full DVD, screen, my DVD. full screen DVD that I bought when I was uh, working at the video store when I was seventeen years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You um, stole. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> you can tell it. You can tell everybody now. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of reference for uh, Virginia Woolf. I didn't read Mrs. Dalloway in school ever or out of school. Um, so I just kind of went into it understanding that this is kind of, you know, based on, um, you know, this book and Virginia. And I had a passing knowledge of her as a, as a, as a writer and a historical figure and you kind of know that she was, you know, this tragic kind of woman who um, ultimately did commit suicide. Suffered from from like (laughs) mental illness when probably at a time that stuff like bipolar disorder, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you really couldn't diagnose it at the time. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, what's interesting about, I was, before we got on, I was rewatching the train scene and I was like, I mean, the subtext of the whole movie is that, you know, all the women are lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> but but she, uh, by the way, second lesbian movie you invited me on. I don't know what that says, but mm-hmm. okay. Um, so, <laughs> but I, I was like thinking about, you know, if the illness that she is being attended to sure. is... Lesbianism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying lesbianism is an illness, but, you but know. if it if it is as classified by them, like right. it is, or if it is, you're right, something deeper. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I mean, it seems like she has some kind of schizophrenia right. and bipolar disorder of mm-hmm. sorts. Yeah. Yeah. But God, her husband is a dick. Like just awful. He's like, get it under control. And she's like, I can't. It's awful. Just He's like, cheer he's up. like I pay for you to do all this, and I 
create this uh, for you. And she's, he's like, and you're still taking your little walks. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Steve Delaney is really good though. He is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very good. Yeah. And, and very cute. Like, yes. I was like, I love this like thirties, like side part, like, you know, he works with this, yeah, he works with his, with his like little butt boy. I was going to say like, he works with like his cute, like twink assistant (laughs) and his printing press. Yep. So it's like, there was that. And then also the twink in the flower shop. Yes. Shady as fuck. Do you know who, uh, do you know who that kid is? We figured it out. What else is he in? What was it? He is in, uh, Shakespeare in love. He's the Juliet. Oh, oh, that makes sense. He's the Juliet. <laughs> yep. So you know, like you, like you were kind of mentioning, and and Virginia Woolf refers to her doctors as you know these Victorians, right? These right. like these archaic men, and um, you know, a lot of it is you know we refer to you know her her illness or whatever, and we say like oh it was pro- undiagnosed bipolar, and you know she has these like. This mania, and then she has, you know, bouts of melancholy and, you know, all of that. But also, like you said, there there may be some, like, schizophrenia in there because the way he talks to her, it's like when she's like, oh, I've, I've got to get out of this town, this, this town. This yeah. town that's that's tearing her apart or whatever in her big train scene. But he's like, no, don't you remember? It was It was London that was like kind of driving you crazy to begin right. with and that's mm-hmm. why we came here and he and he tells her like like say it like say tell me you remember that as as if yeah. like in this manic episode that she's having where she's like I got to get out of here I got to get on the train right now she just either won't acknowledge it or doesn't remember but again can we infer you know today that possibly they were treating her for this kind of like you know lesbianism or the the love that dare not speak its name and maybe you know but gave i don't know what the state of kind of psychoactive medicine mm-hmm. yeah in the you know in the 1930s was they were just putting her on you know heavy doses of cocaine and like, <laughs> right and like yeah. herbal and, and tea. vibrators yeah exactly hysteria, yeah. all that stuff yeah <laughs> see, see, it's interesting because like where i where i was watching it this time around as as a writer myself mm-hmm. and as somebody who has you know clinical depression like it was interesting to see like where everyone was coming from where it was like Oh, you're hearing voices and you're doing all Mm -hmm. this. And it's just her being a writer. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, but but the idea is coming to her. But the other people are like, these. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's like, oh, I have. I, I have a first sentence and, uh, you know, or she's like, someone has to die. And that like completely, mm-hmm. you know, rocks his world, yeah. which I thought was interesting. But, uh, but it was, it was just that like the creative spirit and maybe it was because she's a woman, you know, yeah. it's like the creative spirit at that time. They were like, we must tame her. She's crazy. She's this, she's a witch, you know? And, and <laughs> well, also just sort rolls of, her own well, cigarette. Also sort of at a time with, I was reading a little bit about Virginia Woolf today that yeah. uh, she came from two parents that this was both their second marriage. Their previous spouse had died and they were considerably older to have children. 
and she grew up with brothers, but her, her and her sister, kind of Victorian times, could not really have a formal education, and they all had to be self-taught. And I think sure. that Virginia just well, really just sort of held that in and just resented, I think, just society at the time that if I was a man, I would have all of this education handed to me. And since I'm a woman, I have to work for it. Yeah. And, that and she was so of, independent as yeah. an author. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wrote and she wrote so much. I mean, Room, room of Her Own and Mrs. Dalloway, of course. To the um, Lighthouse. But, yeah, she. But you're right. It's interesting. The like walls. they don't reveal what she was. Tr- they were treating her for. So we can only infer mm-hmm. the worst, but also infer that maybe they shouldn't be treating her, and maybe they should just let her write. Which I got to give it to the husband. Like he yeah. kind of lets her do. Yeah, like just go, it's like yeah. okay, yeah, you can do that. But I just am so hung up on why he thinks like a walk is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like because they're like they're like she went for a walk didn't didn't you know and he's like what? Well, because and, she's walking her ass like to the train station out. yeah <laughs> she's what she's walking herself to the train so she can go back to london without him that's I mean, which, is, which is fine but i was like i was like that's why he's like get your ass back in the house because you're not going back to london fool like where are you gonna live like yeah he yeah, he was just there. Yeah, it was it was just fun to watch and be like, what are they actually diagnosing her with? Mm-hmm. Because they don't actually say right, right, uh, and they don't even say she's crazy. They don't say like none of these women are crazy or weird right, or special. Right. Like no one gives that diagnosis. It's just the the behavior of everyone else is like, yeah, oh, that's mm-hmm. weird, and like then yeah, it, and the help just thinks she's an asshole. The sister just thinks she's sad. Like the husband is just yeah at his wit's end. Everybody's just kind of like, all right, snap out of I it. Like you said, Miranda just like Richardson's like, she's just like, oh yes, your your aunt is just weird and goofy, <laughs> and then and then she kisses her and she's like, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> tell me i'm be- tell me i'm better than last time tell me i'm getting better she's like sure you're yeah great okay yeah, awesome wonderful this is way better <laughs> your nose looks great nick great job great job <laughs> i don't understand why the children call their mother by their first name i was wondering about that too what's going yeah, on weird. there it's, it's weird, weird. Are they yeah. Jehovah's Witness? Having this, having, this, having this funeral for the bird. Have the funeral for the fucking bird. Oh my god. That mm-hmm. funeral was weird. I was like, do we does everyone lay down in the dirt? <laughs> I mean, if my nieces and nephews found a dead bird and were actively playing with it with their bare hands, this dead animal. Uh <laughs> but also that that she takes that opportunity to be like when somebody dies, yes. <laughs> it goes over to the other land, and the kids like, okay, uh-huh. cool, yep. great. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember where I came sticks. from. There's oh, like man. some really that was the thing that Here's surprised me this time around. Are there are some of these set pieces which I understand. Again, I understand it is it's a beautiful film. Michael Cunningham, I love you so much if you're listening. But like <laughs> there it's like the the bird funeral and like the baking the cake, they're so melodramatically yes. like yeah. heightened for it's, no it's reason very, at all. It, it's very heavy handed. 
is very heavy handed. Mm-hmm. Like the baking the cake, she's like, "Yes, I'm gonna bake the cake so that he loves us." Don't you understand? So, I like, messed it up, and you're like, "Calm the fuck down." The single All right, cake. chill out, Laura. Um, so we should probably yeah. talk about this half of the movie. So we should. I mean, we, we had a good good conversation about Virginia Wolf. So let's yes. kind of. I, I still want to get sad with with Virginia Wolf, but you mm-hmm. know, I, I, yes. I w- w- we could talk a little bit more about about the help and how much of an asshole she is to the. Oh, she's awful. To the maids. Oh, oh my god! Mm-hmm. And she's just like she she has that moment she's smoking and she smiles like yeah. she's yeah. getting a rise out. Well, that was like, the other <laughs> thing. Like I didn't really remember the details of this movie. I remembered the big things, you know, the revelation and how you feel and Ed Harris and you know old lady Thelma Harper Julianne Moore and all that but what I forgot was the the small the nuance and I forgot how much of an asshole that Virginia could be to people when she talks about when she talks about the train schedules you do remember that my sister is coming at four with the children yes ma'am I haven't forgotten China tea, I think. And ginger. Ginger, madam. I'd like to give the children a treat. We'd have to go to London for ginger, madam. I haven't finished this. And there's the rest of lunch to get ready. train, Nellie, will get you into London just after one. If you return on the 2.30, you should be back in Richmond soon after three. Do I miscalculate? No. Well, then, is something detaining you, Nellie? Oh, Mm -hmm. well, 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 what's her name? (laughs) What's her name? The 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 head cook, yeah. Just like, well, if you leave now. She's like, well, if you leave right now, you'll (laughs) catch it just in time, and you'll be back for dinner yeah and and she's like smiling she's doing this like weird twitch i was like oh i mean it was great acting but i was like you're such an ass this poor woman has like chicken livers in her hands yeah nelly's got like her hands full of chicken livers and she's just like well if you need ginger for the tea that bad right i guess i better fucking go go. (laughs) i hate eating raw ginger Oh, I don't like ginger in in any capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, Raw raw ginger as a treat. As a treat. She was like, let's give the children a treat. Uh, They can chew on ginger. Ginger candies, not my favorite. So, okay, so you're right. We'll go go timeline-wise. So now uh, we're going to the 50s in Los Angeles. The 50s is 1951 in Los Angeles. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. we are those type of... uh, LA residents that when we saw this ask when we saw this establishing this, yeah. shot of I was like I don't know where that LA is. from the 50s I'm that like ain't nowhere. that ain't LA that ain't nowhere that is that is a that that is Florida that, that is was the, way too that that is the Florida stage of whatever happened to baby Jane and you <laughs> I mean it's just a little too <laughs> it flat was way too you flat. can't really see the mountains in the yeah. background mm-hmm. um I mean it yeah. it definitely looks like around where probably uh the golden girls are yeah, <laughs> Miami somewhere. It looks like Miami somewhere. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's, right. there's you know, there's that style of mid-century houses, but I think for the fifties, there was more like Spanish style mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit more like the Mildred carport Pierce situation looking. on this block. That's not quite how yeah. houses were built in LA. But, but that's neither here nor yeah. there. I do understand that's that just us being nitpicky. Post-war Los Angeles, there were housing developments like this 
all over the county. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the Margot Martinald's um, her hers is kind of Spanish. Her house is yeah. Spanish looking. That corner, yeah, yeah. yeah. it kind of looks like the chicken house from uh, from uh, 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 Mildred Pierce. Yeah, but, mm. yeah, yeah. but crazy, um, yeah. you know. So anyway, the, like I said, it's post war. It's these new houses and these new neighborhoods with palm trees everywhere and blue skies in, in sunny Los Angeles. And you know, my grandmother had a house mm-hmm. like this and. And um, they're they're all over the city. Some of them are still there. Um, some not so nice neighborhoods. Some now. some of the yep. neighborhoods are not so nice anymore. But you know, we see Julianne more as Laura, the housewife, few months pregnant. Um, what I really kind of noticed was when Tony Collette does come in. You know, Tony Collette is so much more put together. Like she's got her, yeah. her hair yeah. set, and Laura's hair is just kind of like it's all sad and down. flat. It's flat. Yeah. It's down. Mm-hmm. And in the fifties, women would have had their hair set and done, and it's not done. Right. It's just right. You know. And granted, she's pregnant. She, you know, it's like well, it's tough yeah. being a pregnant lady. I mean, I mean, my my observation of her, which. This is a testament to Julian Moore because I've seen this movie so many times over the years, mm-hmm. and it was only this last viewing that I saw the nuances where I was like, "Oh, she's," and I don't mean this in a bad way. I was like, "Oh, she's dumb. Like she's sure, yeah, she doesn't know a lot, and she's very like, oh, I'm going to pick up on like you're excited, I'm excited, right? You know, right. She, it, like just have a lot of and, life skills interpersonal. Yeah, yeah, and I was piecing it together with when John C. Riley was trying to tell you know Richie about mm-hmm. how they met and and all this stuff, and there was just something really interesting about how she made this character be this this very simple, yeah, like yeah. housewife who was like, I I just know how to do this and. I don't know how to talk outside of, you know, X, Y, and Z. And if I mess something up, I, it's the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like when it would cut, like there was one shot where it was on Tony Collette and it cut to her and her hair was, and Julianne's hair was like messed up a little bit. (laughs) And and she looked so dour and like, like Mm -hmm. sunken. And I was like, Oh my God. Like it's so funny how, yeah, that kind of contrast, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, it's just they're really playing up the isolation of like mm-hmm. being a housewife at this time and not having, you know, really a life of your own outside of the house and all that. Yeah. And um, I mean, I guess Far From Heaven really... A little bit, kind of except focuses, she, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that has the a whole different take that on has that, the whole Douglas Sirk story, element yeah. too. Um, yeah, yeah and also she, she, you know, yeah, plows her gardener. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dennis Haysbert. and also just sort of uh, the theme of being a mother and when being a mother doesn't quite come so easily to certain women, and I think that yeah, really, that's. It's yeah. like we live in a society where women are put in this position of you have to be a great mother. Yeah. Like mother, being a mother has to come absolute, like natural to you. Yeah. And if, and if it yeah. doesn't, like you failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think she and really he, plays up this idea of like that. I'm sure a lot of women have. It's like, I have a kid and now there's this kid that lives in my house. 
that's what I was that's what I was stuttering about. I was like, and then there's the thing of like, and then one day you are like, I don't want this game. Yeah, and you're just and like, you're hey, yeah. what's up, As kid? You're awake now, so I guess we should hang out because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't go to school yet. So, what do you want to do? <laughs> and they and they they do allude to the fact, or in Tony and hers conversation that like it was it's post-war obviously Mm -hmm. and like you know they're like oh we're you know isn't it so great that they came back from the war and we they had this and we gave them all this you know and and they're like yeah that's wonderful that we did that for them Mm -hmm. yeah um so there's a lot of that service to the man and the child is that. So it makes sense when she leaves, like that being an act of heroic yeah. courage. Is she's just like, no, I'm doing something for me. For me yeah. um, when then, like, in reality, it's like leaving your child is the worst yeah. thing in the yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Especially, yeah. But at that time for her, she's like, what else could I have done? Yeah. yeah. It was Which either between is, is leaving leaving my child or, or killing yeah, myself. Killing myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The character Yeah, right. The character of Kitty is really interesting because Kitty on the surface has it all. Like she's sort of the ideal housewife and when she sits down with Laura, she comes apart of that this is all just sort of she's having trouble getting pregnant. She's going to see a doctor. Well, There's no, and Laura even says be, like about yep. the husband. She's like yep. Well, where's he been? I haven't seen him lately. And she's just like, oh, you know, he's around. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's that, it's that repression. Like Mm -hmm. everything's fine. Everything's okay. But I look great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, yeah. Tony, Tony Collette plays her so well because it is so like everything is surface and there's Mm -hmm. so much like what I love about her is with Julian Moore, there's so much sadness underneath her surface, but with Tony, there's just so much like denial yeah. underneath mm-hmm. it. And it's, 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 everything is a denial and a deflection. Yeah. And it's, but it's not self serving. Like she's never, like, I don't get the sense that she was, you know, high school prom queen or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just, she was like, this was what I was told to do. This was what I was meant to do. And then when she's faced with like death, you know, yeah, like yeah. eminent, <laughs> possible death she just throws it away whereas julian moore is is empathetic to it yeah mm-hmm. so ah, you're lucky laura i don't think you can call yourself a woman until you're a mother where the joke is all my life i could do everything i mean i could do anything really The one thing I wanted. Yes. That's all. (laughs) Well, at least now they'll be able to deal with it. That's right. That's what they're doing. That's right. Mm. I'm not worried. What would be the point of worrying? No, it's not in your hands. That's it. It's in the hands of some physician I've never even met. Some surgeon who probably drinks more martinis than ray and oh kitty i mean of course i'm worried about ray come here i'm doing fine really i know i know you are (laughs) i'm more worried about ray if anything is not good with this stuff this is why people are grandparents age 
usually had a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you yeah. know, then, then there's a the generation thing of like, you know, oh, right. We all know those people. Not, yeah. not really wanting to admit when something's not fine of yeah. like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Or we're, we're just not going to talk. About we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I love that moment where she's like, and here's the key. And that's all I need. Yeah. Just kind of feed and the that- cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's like about to leave, and then they kiss, and, and and it's yeah, it's very telling, and we know those people of that generation, mm-hmm. like you know, parents and grandparents and things like that. Yeah, wow. where it's just like, no, everything's fine. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that post-war mentality. Everything's mm-hmm. gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but Julianne, I mean, I. I'm consistently confused. I think she's the least clear character in the film. Sure. I think she's, I mean, she's probably meant to be the most difficult character of the three too. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. even in reading the book, I'm like, I'm trying to piece together the, you're right, the housewife and, and everything that's affecting her. But at the same time, I'm also going, you know, I don't understand what, motivates her like how how a lot of her identity is connected you know what i mean because it's like there's obviously a need to be free and to be away from everyone and be herself Mm -hmm. but the lesbianism i'm not saying that should be forefront but it's very forefront kind of with virginia and meryl's character that there's something else happening and then for Julianne, it's it's kind of second banana right. to to just her isolation. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, we know where Laura Brown is in 1951, but we don't really know what Laura's life was when she left and she went to be the Afterwards, librarian. Right. Yeah. I mean, even with Clarissa, when she talks about her whole backstory sure. with Richard, that they were 19 and dating when they met, and then he ended up with the Jeff Daniels character, but they just still kept up as friends. Like, you really see an entire history of a character. And with yeah. Laura's, it's just a little, it's a little gray because you really don't know Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that it's like Richie's relationship with her. Of that, even Richard yeah. doesn't really know where, where their relationship ends. That's, yeah, that's all that we as an audience. I mean, get. maybe they've had contact, but yeah. it's probably very minimal. Of like a letter here and there, a phone call, but that's pretty much it. Well, and a lot of resentment because mm-hmm. remember Claire Danes mm-hmm. calls her the monster. That's the monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah the monster at the end, and um, yeah, it's you're right. It's it's interesting. Here's something I never got was who was Claire Danes's father? Father. Sperm banker. Oh, didn't she say she never met him? That's what I thought, I but think, I was like I think Clarissa uh, at one point says I never met him. I think it's I think it's like a sperm bank thing. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a, a frozen pop. Oh, it's a frozen pop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're doing the hip 2000s yeah, thing of, yeah. of swirling some. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, she. T- because, because this time around, I was like, wait. And I was trying Is to. Is it do Jeff Daniels? Yeah. Well, I was trying to do the timelines with Jeff. I was like, is it Ed Harris or mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels? And Could then it, they. Yeah. And then they. What? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, totally. And like, I'm assuming that uh, the Claire Dance character probably would have been born around like 1981 because she's in college and right. 2002. Yeah, that's supposed to be yeah. 2001. Remember 2001, the super yeah. 2001. Yeah. And that, okay, yeah. so then now we'll tr- now we'll go into the 2001 segments. And P brought up a good point of that it's a very post 9/11 thing of when you see a super of New York City 2001. It's the first thing that you go to. It's the yeah. first thing that you think mm-hmm. of, but I think they, I don't know why they specifically were like, this is a year ago, pre-9-11, pre don't worry about it. It didn't even happen yet. So these people can still be pissed off about the crab thing yep. getting thrown away and not like have existential dread about, you know, throwing out World War Three. I think it's because, yeah. I think it's because <laughs> I don't remember, I don't remember the novel specifically, but I think it's like supposed to be set in present day. Right. Sure. Right. So it's like whatever that is, but yeah. you're right. Yeah. What's this pre nine 11, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, <laughs> they're like I can, I can walk down the flower shop. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, the subway. Okay. I can have fine. like yeah. nine, you know, uh, round tables in my Manhattan apartment. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that too because they show the <laughs> I design. Think I, I think I counted. That was in the apartment. It so, was in the apartment. Was I was so like, the apartment's not insane. that big. What apartment are you throwing this fucking party in? <laughs> because it's not the one you're in. No. Because when she's with Julianne, I'm like, that's like two tables. It's like two tables. And the sketch was like <laughs> six. And she, oh, by the way, she was also like, no one can. No one decided to come to the party. I'm like, how many people did you invite? That's with not like, a big apartment. With like six tables, those tables can seat mm-hmm. like eight to ten. I mean, per table. So yeah. she, so she had Alice and Janney and and Claire Danes on their cell phones, like calling everybody. Right. Like, yeah, uh, don't come. Don't ask what happened to Richard. Yeah. But uh, don't mention you'll it. Find we'll out you in later tomorrow. Um, just don't worry about also, it. Also, Clarissa's kitchen. For I mean I think oh, even so I think I even for rich love New Yorkers, that's this a is big a, ass this kitchen. Is a big ass kitchen for like somebody wealthy in New York. The stainless steel mm-hmm. hood over the ra- over the range. I mean, could I was also like, for an editor, you do a lot of cooking. Yes, like you just- <laughs> when you can clearly have it catered. <laughs> you can I afford mean, to. Yeah. She, that was the other thing. I was like, she was cooking, but then she was also catering yeah. because all the food was cooked by the time Richard died, which mm-hmm. the, was the same day. She got live there- crabs too, so she still <laughs> has to like knock those crabs and like I've cleaned a crab before. You have to knock them in the yes. in the yeah. stomach and pull. It's their not arms like off. lobster. Crab yeah. is different. No. Yeah, it's harder. So it's, it's like they have a. I mean, even if this whole Richard thing wouldn't have happened, they still have a lot of fucking work to do. And then you have to go to Richard's apartment. She's going back and forth. She made two trips to Richard's apartment that day. Yes. I hope it's not And she had time to get, like, barrels of, you know, cream cheese inspired, (laughs) you know, bruschetta, (laughs) like, to dump out into a giant. Also, I was like, when did all this food get delivered? She's, yeah. But then Claire Danes mentions to old lady Julianne Moore that they just put the food away. And so there's plenty in the fridge. So I'm thinking whatever was super perishable they threw out. Yeah, Alison Janney <laughs> does have this giant, uh, uh, abnormally sized Tupperware container. Yeah, to, yeah. They're, when Meryl Streep dumps the. Yeah, cream so they were keeping inspired. some things, but other things. The crab was not going to. 
was not going to keep. No, that was that's not, not keeping to... overnight. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, I think that that's favorite... also one of my favorite. Like, <laughs> well, the opening, the entire opening sequence is brilliant. Oh, when my... oh yeah, when they're setting up all of the. I mean, I've been in, I've quite literally been in film classes before where they've taught this. I think it's like formalism in film, like the opposite of realism. Of yeah. like every shot is like it means something of just how all of this is cut together. When you see John C. Riley picks like he picks up the flowers and sets them down, and when he sets them down, it cuts to it cuts to somebody picking it cuts up to like Nelly, Nelly picking yeah, up the flowers yeah. in one of the other yeah. timelines. It's just like I mean, shots like that are so fucking satisfying. Yeah. Oh yeah, that whole entire thing, and like, and also the music where you know it's like you hear a descending piano thing and then mm. there's the subway mm-hmm. uh, shot and it cuts to Meryl's timeline and, and the music gets, it's, I mean, it's all brilliant. It's all just so good. And the end where they're all like looking up and they all have a thought it's, it's great. It's really just mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I noticed as I'm watching this movie yesterday that I'm thinking this is, such uh and forgive me but this this is a white people problems movie <laughs> if my mother's gay best friend who's dying of aids and she's throwing a party in our house and all this stuff is happening and i walk into the house from college start removing my clothes <laughs> bags coats and just throw them on the floor and just in a pile. Your mom's like slapping and just you walk across away. the head. She's just like, are you going to just leave that shit on the f- pile <laughs> of your coats you and your bags right on the floor in a pile <laughs> in the entryway, in the hallway? Because the maid is off today, so somebody's going to pick them up and it's not going to be me. Cla- <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Clarissa, tell your daughter to pick up after herself. Yeah. Also, Claire, da- Claire Danes, play- by the way, when I first saw this movie, no joke, I was, you know, young, gay, and dumb, still am. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know who Allison Janney was right. because, until she kissed her, of yeah. course. But I was just like, she wasn't the roommate, she wasn't the this, she wasn't that. But when Claire Danes comes in, I'm like, oh, She's having an extramarital affair. Oh. And, it's a younger, <laughs> and it's a younger woman. Because Claire Danes plays her. Yeah. Like a little this mature. Butch ass, like yeah. fucking lesbian. And I think I that's, this, well, like, I think that's the character in the book, on. right? And I was like, and even this past uh, this last day when I was watching it, I was like, she is playing it like this, like yeah. I'm a punk rock bitch. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like that <laughs> comes off me. as lesbian player. Sure. I'm sorry. And I to think say that, that um yeah, I yeah, think yeah. the character in the book is a is a lesbian too. Oh, okay. Runs okay. in the family. It, so it it, it yeah. like like mother like daughter. <laughs> and I wanna say that Clarissa doesn't like the girl that she's dating, I think. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. I may be well, making yeah. that up. I don't know. I read Chant. that. I I read that today off like Wiki or something. Kind of that girl it. probably was Parker Posey, and then it Ooh, got cut. Ooh, all right, all right, all right. Um, yeah. Can, okay. Can we talk about Allison Janney? And <laughs> yeah. Can, can we talk about the kisses? The the two major or the three major three. kisses? Yeah, yeah. Oh Please my God, do. So, <laughs> so we get. I mean, so we get the the first kiss in the first timeline with Virginia. Kissing her sister. And her sister. Mm-hmm. 
which is a very intense kiss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like it jarred me when I saw it. I was like, oh my god. Jesus. And that's yeah. kind of when you, as the viewer, is like, okay, so Virginia really isn't well. She is a little. She is. <laughs> she is trying cuckoo. to kiss her sister. Yep. <laughs> And she's doing it with the passion of a lover. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's just like, "Oh my god, it is so, it is so uncomfortable that we're all Miranda Richardson in that moment where she's like, <laughs> what the fuck is we're, going on? We're gonna miss our train.' So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. She's like, children, we gotta go.' <laughs> we, we get the second kiss with um, Kitty and Laura. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. A beautiful comforting, kiss. comforting, uh, mm-hmm. comforting Kitty, Kitty, and it just sort of turns into a very intimate moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny. I saw that and I misremembered that kiss because I remember when I was young, gay, and dumb mm-hmm. growing up. I remember watching that and being like, "Oh, it's intentional," or I remember it being slower, sure. like more intimate. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh no, it's quick and." this sort of impulsive yeah comforting kiss mm-hmm. yeah and i was like oh wow like that's really beautiful and then i remembered like julianne Mo- julianne is like you know in her afterglow and tony is too and then tony like snaps back up yes. to it and it's like okay i gotta go goodbye goodbye <laughs> everything's good you're sweet yeah <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. And then she does her denial. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, everything's yeah. fine. It's yeah. good. Yeah. And then, I mean, Laura, I mean, Clarissa is probably more or less in a domestic partnership with yeah. um, the Elves and Janie character. That's an intense kiss. You get that nice moment on the bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also get that nice moment in bed with Claire Danes where they're laying on each other. I oh, thought yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really sweet. Sweet, sweet. That's when I was like, oh, she's, you know, like, Allison Janney's not home. You guys are <laughs> going around. <laughs> I want to see that movie. I never thought. Mm. I never, I never thought, thought of that. that. That's funny. <laughs> I but don't I know where see, my mind was. No, when but I was it's, it makes, it makes gay, sense. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is just a, a tale of, of three lesbians. Well, five, <laughs> six. Tale of many lesbians throughout throughout time. But, uh, you know, this relationship that Clarissa has with Richard. Yeah. You know, this party that she's throwing and this storyline that kind of is mirroring Mrs. Dalloway somewhat and that she's going to get the flowers or something. And she's ultimately, it's her day planning this party. Having to dodge questions or remarks that people have of, well, I tried to read Richard's book. And everyone yeah. just sort of gives her a look, like Barbara in the flower shop or Lewis, of, I tried to read it, and girl, I couldn't make it through it. It's, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's I, read, I read something back when I first saw this movie that that was supposed to be like an inside joke about Mrs. Dalloway. Oh, got because it. You read Mrs. Dalloway. It is very hard to read yeah, because yeah. it's like stream of consciousness. It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. almost nearly one sentence basically, but it's very hard to read and to get the things out of it that when you watch, there was a Vanessa Redgrave movie of Mrs. Dalloway. Like when you watch uh, that and then you read it, it's very different. Sure. But 
it's it's hard to read. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I always thought about that as like okay. a joke is that meta kind of he's like I finally wrote a book and it's and it's about my life and this is supposed to be this person this which Virginia Woolf Mrs. Dalloway, it was supposed to be that. She mm-hmm. mirrored mm-hmm. her real um, people and affairs on the people in, or in Mrs. Dalloway. Right. So I always found that as like an inside joke where they're like, I tried to read it and it was really, really <laughs> difficult. And it's, it's just kind of like a, and also probably an inside joke for, um, authors of a whole chapter on if she should buy some nail polish. And it turns out she doesn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is how Mrs. Dalloway goes. It's like she spends a whole chapter figuring out, you know, what flowers to buy, kind of thing. Oh yeah, God. yeah. And I thought it was also extra kind of shady in these people telling Clarissa, like, "Oh, I tried to read it, and it was, you know, whatever." And the general consensus is that it's she, like the main character is kind of based on it's based her. On her. Yeah. So to tell yeah. somebody that like, oh, this book that someone wrote about you. That what, is, what does she say? She's awful. like, it's you, isn't yeah. it? It's about you. <laughs> I love, right? I mean, I live for Barbara Shade in the flower shop. I love that so character. Good. That's such a good scene. Ah, uh, yeah. She's like, it's you, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> You're like, well, it's inspired by me. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel and, like- and and I love that they only mention Clarissa, but they never mention um, Julianne Moore's character, Laura. Mm, yeah. And until Claire Dane says, oh, that's the monster. And then you put two and two together that, oh, maybe that's in the novel. Right, sure. right, right. And uh, in the character read it, too. Laura said that she read yeah. the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She said she Right, that's it, yeah. right. Yeah. And she said, yeah, some of it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, um, I Meryl's performance is like extra Meryl in this though. Like her, those inflections is like I think I'll buy the flowers myself. I mean, you also get Meryl <laughs> running around Manhattan with like a long coat, a necklace, yeah, a chunky like, necklace, a chunky like, necklace, <laughs> like the like the reading glasses too. So it's like it's the but, ultimate. And she Meryl does character. the puckered lips thing where she's like listening <laughs> to you and. You know, she's like, yeah. well, that's what we do. Yeah. Keep each other alive, you know. Yes. But yes. I had in my notes the scene where she's like, I'm unraveling. She's like breaking down in the kitchen to Jeff Daniels. I said, Meryl Oscar moment. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> because there's that moment she's like, yeah. Bad as hostess. we were saying earlier, it's all curated. It's <laughs> yeah, reversed. Yeah. Like, ah! Oh! Also, like, <laughs> and it's just such like a little touch of Meryl's just acting of when she turns on the sink and it sprays in her face and it just it just turns into a little beat of the character like maybe that was just something that they didn't think would happen on film is that like when yeah. you turn the faucet the pressure is gonna like shoot up and then it just sort of <laughs> works into the beat of the of the character crying well uh, improvised she improvised uh, yeah. where uh, I want my Steel Magnolia fans to, to, to come out of the woodwork here this is the Sally Field school of like Egg breaking and like cooking, food work, food yep. space work. Actor as you're like have, having yep. like a an intense scene. I'm just gonna crack some eggs and I'm just gonna crack the shit out of these eggs in this pan. And whatever I'm, I'm just making a pound cake. I don't know because there's yeah. a lot of eggs. Yeah. <laughs> See, I went to yolk. another yep. Claire Danes film, uh, The Family Stone, and that cooking scene. There but you sure, go. Yeah, Steel yeah, Magnolias yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sally Field cracks about a dozen eggs in in this jar. She does. She is, yeah, you're right. It is the most Meryl Oscar, like, hind, Mm -hmm. like, most almost kabuki kind of (laughs) Oscar performance for her. And Julianne Moore, I gotta say, I gotta say, y'all, like, I'm gonna go on record. Julianne Moore, God bless her, like, she is a better actress every movie i watch yeah yeah like so good watching her in this like she was good in far from heaven but that's a very hind yeah you know it's kind of very stylized that they're they're going for something here yeah she's so contained and so good um the scene with her crying in the bathroom and magnolia and and other movie and boogie nights like she's i'm just like god she was so rocking it in the early 2000s she was so good yeah and you know the three of them and even tony collette like still working still yeah it still out. good uh, yeah claire dane's still working yeah. like house and janney winning an oscar like come on yeah <laughs> and yeah. it, it kind of figures that the time that uh the opportune time that alice and janney got that nomination she won like everything so yeah like the moment that she was like eligible to be like to win, yeah. people like jumped at it because it's it's Allison Janney. Like everyone loves her, <laughs> and I think I think it was a long deserved Oscar. Like I think yeah, people yeah. felt pretty guilty about not giving her an Oscar before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the Oscar campaign for this movie, you know, like we said, there is um, what what. She's uh, uglying herself up. Yeah, right. Yes. You know, there's and the there's the the D glam is the what D-glam, I was trying to go for. There's the D glam in this. Movie. When you look at the production of the movie, this is a co-finance between Paramount, who I think was sort of the main distributor, and Miramax, which okay. um, Scott Rudin and Harvey Weinstein, like two big <laughs> characters mean, in Hollywood that never ended up working with each other again. Just because I think they went back and forth with yeah. so much stuff in this movie that Scott Rune at the end of it was just like, I don't ever want to work with him again. Yeah, and to hear, I heard an interview with Stephen Daldry a year ago talking about this where he was just like, it was, you know, it was, he, w- he was given a lot of freedom, but he knew that behind the scenes there was a lot going uh, on. Well, and I know that... So- because he was like, he was like, I had a great time in the hours. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was a great opportunity to get back to his theater roots, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to work with like David Hare, who had done a lot of play, you know, theater at that time. So, but behind, the, he was like, I know behind the scenes there was a lot of, you know, back and forth, back sure, and forth sure. with the producers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting now to look at like Scott Rudin and yeah. Harvey Weinstein. I was gonna yeah. say, I mean, Scott yeah. Rudin also Ooh. someone that's sort of been Ooh. like, I mean, kicked out of Hollywood from. Both, I mean, it's both. not. And and let's not forget the year of the hours Oscars, the best director, Roman yeah. Polanski, Roman Polanski. <laughs> who couldn't even show up to accept it. <laughs> yep. I mean. Ooh. And I know that wow. Scott, and I know that Scott Rudin, <laughs> while not quite as problematic as Harvey Weinstein, no. Scott Rudin still has a reputation of yeah, yeah. when you work at Rudin Productions, like you probably will have a phone thrown at you. But <laughs> but Rudin at this time with Billy Elliot, yeah, and yeah, all mm. these other films, it was like 
it was quality movies he, and, that, and that's and i gotta admit like even the scott rudin movies i've watched recently i'm like yeah they're pretty damn good the Cohen, yeah, i mean i yeah. know that he worked with the coen brothers pretty much exclusively right. in the 2000s yeah. and i know that he had a he uh I know that he had a reputation of that when he worked with directors like Stephen Daldry or the Coen Brothers, he ten he always went to bat for him with like the neck sure. from anyone that worked at the network or well, anyone that, that worked for I'm not, yeah for like I'm the not studio. A, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a Scott Rudin defendee. However, <laughs> the stories I've heard of him was that was that he would go to yeah. bat for independent cinema and like really went hard on good quality independent movie makers who, and and like worked with the, like almost (laughs) in a way forced the studios to market them to a success, which was to the benefit of the filmmaker. So, you know, can't, can't fault him for that, especially a movie like this. That is, you're right. Can't get ever made today. And is very theatrical. I mean, it's very much like, you know, it is, it is, there are, that there are long scenes of just dialogue and two people talking. And it's like, that's the, basically the whole movie. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's just 10 minute scenes of dialogue. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's very Harvey, but I, I read that he was like against the prosthetics. <laughs> no, nose on yeah. Nicole. You know, yeah. um, that just seems very like Harvey. Just like, why are we getting? Why are we using Nicole if we're going to cover up that face? Yeah, kind of a thing. Um, but it just became this. It was in Arrested Development, like you know, like the like the actual like. It's also in, the actual nose. It's also piece. in a, in an no. episode of. It's also an episode of Kath and Kim. It is in an episode of Kath and Kim. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. These are these are for you. Thanks. It caught noise. So, um, so what are you doing? I'm writing. I've written heaps in my Total Girl Fitness story. <laughs> right. So, uh, you're still going to do your running then? No. The doctor said I can't. I'm so bored. I'm dying in this town house. Um, <laughs> are you going to come to see the house tonight then? Nah, I can't go out with this nose. Swords. Too much excitement might tip me over the edge. Right. Okay, well, um, I'll leave you to it then. Give me okay. Toodaloo. Bye. She went extra Australian for mm-hmm. for her so Nicole impression. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Doing so in this town house. <laughs> oh my god! Do you watch any of Kath and Kim? <laughs> only a little, it's only so, a little. But I've never so heard good. of that. No, so I've never great. heard of that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it just became a, a subject of parody, and you know, the it was a whole subplot in, in Arrested Development using the actual nose prosthetic, as if there's right, only one, right. like in Mrs. Doubtfire, like there's one piece. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but and and it's another thing that you know, like we said. Nicole is in this movie. Of the three of them, she's in this she's movie. She's in it the least. least. Yep. You know, but they push her for best actress. I think it makes sense that she was pushed for best actress because the movie does revolve around her. This is true. And, yep. This is true. And and I think it is the transformation. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it 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 I mean, well, we can say it's the nose, but I think it's right, right. all voice. of her. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget watching it on TV. And my mom was watching it, and she, we watched like the first twenty minutes. Of course, 
20 minutes, Virginia Woolf's in it. Yeah. And, and she goes, when's Nicole Kidman coming? Oh, in? Yeah. and I was like, Oh no, that's Nicole. That's Kidman. Her. <laughs> and she was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but I, I think it's that, I think it's the transformation of, you know, into ugly in mm-hmm. a beautiful actress. Although even if it was Nicole, kind of like the Lucy thing, like when she was in Lucy, it was like, yeah. you can still tell it was Nicole Kidman. It's like, it's still fine. Like yeah. it yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, this was, this would have been at a time before Nicole would go on to j- just really have this reputation of transforming for roles. I mean, when you look yeah. at stuff like, I mean, what are the big, like, Nicole Kidman transformation movies? I mean, even, like, the weird indie movies that she did, like the Diane Arbus movie, of just these, yeah. like, really weird transformation movies that just sort of flew under the radar that no one remembers but me. Is that when she played, like, an undercover cop or something? Uh, Destroyer. I love Destroyer. Destroyer. Where she plays, yeah. Where she plays, where she plays But that cop. was a transformation. Yep. Mm-hmm. She yeah. talked about, she was like, I lost this many pounds to play <laughs> this role. Yeah. And I cut my hair and, yeah. I remember that. She got yeah. shorter wigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so it's, it's, it was an interesting thing in that there's, you know, there's these three main characters, all powerhouse actresses and, and um, only one scene with uh, two of them in together. Yeah. And it's just the, it's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and only Meryl's listening in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't even really say anything. Um, and then there's the whole like story of that. They cast, they originally cast an older actress. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I didn't and, hear like, about this. They cast an older actress, shot it all. And then uh, the director was like, this is just, it's just not working for me. I don't like it. And then after, and I think they shot it in chronological order. So they shot all the Virginia Woolf scenes, all the Julianne, yeah. and then Meryl. And um, it just wasn't working. So then they were like, yeah. "Let's bring back Julianne, put her in old lady drag, and see if it works." And then by that time, Julianne had gotten pregnant in real life. Yeah, and so oh, she was wearing a fake okay. belly in her scenes, and then now in these scenes, she actually is pregnant. And, they have to but, put her in like a big coat. Yeah, got it. Uh, okay, so that they had to sense. reshoot that everything. So maybe sense. you know they only really shot her sides. Maybe yeah. the, I mean maybe why, even like the shots with Meryl. That's like, what I'm saying. They, They're the original they, shots. They weren't even like yeah. in the same scene together. I mean, you definitely see. Julianne and well, Claire together. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's yeah. I was gonna say she's only standing up in the bedroom. Yeah, when she walks in, but then everything else she's sitting down. Yeah. So, yeah, they're doing an I Love Lucy bed. Yeah, connection. <laughs> there you go. Who do you Another think? Um, who do you think would have been older? Laura would have been like Maureen Stapleton. Oh my god, I could see Maureen it, Stapleton. It probably being, being was older Meryl, Laura. and then they just cut it. So, yeah, <laughs> Marilyn in a dual role, yeah, much uh, like much, like, uh, much like Angels in America, <laughs> or it might have been Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire. There you go. Um, I think they could have done a League of the Own and gotten an old lady, but used Julian's voice. Julian's voice, yeah. Those scenes in a League of the Own still like, tur- like they probably they pro- it probably was Maureen Stapleton, yeah. <laughs> but why would they or not was want her? Was call alive? Oh at the time my god, she was, she like, was, I think I, she was still alive. I chose lie. I chose lie. <laughs> I chose lie. I chose high point coffee. I chose. I chose high point decaffeinated coffee. 
<laughs> I chose Fancy Feast. <laughs> your cat will love it, and so will your pussy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I miss celebrity endorsements for like everyday products. Oh, it's why great. can't we have it's that great. anymore? Yeah. <laughs> now it's either like in like bank commercials, insurance, crypto. Diamonds or crypto, mm-hmm. right? Diamonds are crypto. All of it, yeah. All of it. It's Let's not bring like... back Lauren Bacall to endorse <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah, I mean, or, they, or, they just or, might. Uh, broke Betty Davis. You know, oh, like we could. I yeah, mean, we have they, a whole they got like Fred Astaire to dance with the vacuum cleaner <laughs> in that '90s commercial. <laughs> they can do it for Betty or Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I want. I do want to see the outtakes of Meryl playing old Laura against yeah. Meryl, though. That would be that would be crazy. against herself. Yeah, which is actually just Claire Danes because Claire ah. Danes is like I was told I was the, Meryl the young Meryl. my generation, so I'll be the stand-in <laughs> for Meryl. Uh, <laughs> and that just becomes a weird, weird set. <laughs> oh man. Oh Baz, we loved Elvis. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I liked Elvis. Still haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Still, I need to watch it. Need to go see it. Um, I feel like I mean we have talked about Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah, a little I think, bit. A little I mean, bit. Yeah. even though I mean, when you look back on it now, and I know that we have like over twenty years of, I don't really think that you can do a character like this in a movie now that we've maybe have moved on from <laughs> the noble tragic, AIDS patient tragic. AIDS yeah. patient, but I do think his his scenes are really really good though. I think he's 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 fine. He mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't outwardly state. Well, no, he does in one part, but it, it it's not his personality. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a real there's a real bitterness that's connected to his life and his career. And not his sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think he does very well, and, and I think the writing does very well too. Where he's just upset about how life has dealt him the wrong cards, and he's very upset at just being, you know, where where his life has ended. And then when you put two and two together with his mom and yeah. you know, everything, you're like, oh, I get it even more. But he's not like, I'm a homosexual and I don't want to be. Which Mm -hmm. the first time I was watching this when I saw that, you know, it was like he was dying of AIDS. I was like expecting this shame associated Mm -hmm. with his gayness. But there was not that. And and I thought that was a really powerful thing. So, yeah, not, not too dated. But, yeah, dated in the sense that it's like. Yeah, Hollywood has to have a gay tragic character who's dying of AIDS. So, yeah, who ultimately kills himself. Uh, God, oh, the worst, the worst. Whew. Throw themselves out yeah. of the window, right in front of her. Right yeah, in front of her. A, that's a hard scene to watch. Uh, yeah. And you know those scenes are rough too because he's like he's telling her just like, you know, you're, you know when I'm gone, like you're just you you got to get your shit together. Because yeah. you have a life. Stop this, worrying about me. This and this apartment, this is not a life. And when she says stuff like, oh, there's good times to be had. There's like plenty of years left. And he's just yeah. he's just like, what? Like of this? Like years of this? Like what the hell? Like figure your part of me out. though, part of me though, I don't know if it's the script or or the the story, mm-hmm. like if it's actually in the novel, but it's like part of me made me go. He was 
he was putting too much on her. Yeah. In a sense, because I was like, how much of that was actually real? Because she does come in, like, one of the first things she says to him was like, have you heard the voices again? And he's mm-hmm. like, no, I haven't. They haven't, you know, it has. they haven't shown up or anything. And so when he's, he's like, really guilt-tripping her, and mm-hmm. it just made me go, like, how much of that was deserved versus mm-hmm. what he, what, just him being him? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and is it like is is that like uh like like some schizophrenia? Is it mental mental exactly? Illness? Yeah, yeah, was that that's... or was that an after effect mm-hmm. of of you know of his AIDS yeah. and you know because your mind does deteriorate mm-hmm. when that happens mm-hmm. and so so I was like, how much of that was sincere and how much of it was just him? You know, as an after effect now, of, yeah. of the disease. Who, yeah, how familiar are are you with Mrs. Dalloway the book? Pretty familiar. Who kills yeah. themselves in the book? Who is he in the book? Uh, who kills themselves in the book? Oh gosh, she, said, um, she no, says it's, the artist. It's, yeah, it's the poet. Yeah, the poet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who's her friend? Okay. Who's supposed to come to the party and then he doesn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from what I remember. And little yeah. Richie is the poet of the hours. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because it didn't occur to me until watching it, I was like, she was an editor, and he I didn't know he was a poet. I thought he was just a writer. Right, right, right. And, and then I was like, oh no, he's winning a poetry prize because there's a shot where, because she had been talking about the prize, and then there's a shot of her in the apartment with this big poster of like a poetry prize. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he is the poet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, Ed Harris, I thought, did a great performance. Yeah, like, yeah. it's really good. And fucking tastic acting. And yeah. That. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I always remember about Ed Harris is that I am, and don't ask me why, don't test me on this, but I'm a big fan of The Abyss. Yeah, you oh, love the and, abyss. And let me love tell the abyss. And let me tell you why. There is a fist fight between Ed Harris and Michael Bean. And this is like 1990, top of their physical peak, Ed Harris and Michael Bean. Late 80s. Late, and they're having yep. a fist fight, and it's in like water, and they're all yeah. wet. And yes. Michael Bean is super cute, super hot, great looking. Ed Harris, all wet. He is built like a brick shithouse. He is. His Does- ass will not quit. I was going to say, don't we see his ass in the abyss? I, you don't see his full buns, but you see him wet a lot he's pretty, of the movie. He's pretty, yeah, he's pretty like he, almost naked in yes, that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, And he's yes. got a gr- hey, body, hey, body, you're body. In, you're in abyss lover's <laughs> good, company. Okay. I love the abyss. I love the director's cut of yeah, the abyss. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> all good. It's all good. Yes. It's all good. James Cameron. Good for you, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. That is a feat of filmmaking, I'm telling you. Do not That's sleep. Really, do not really sleep really on the abyss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I think we are um yeah. uh, time to, the to hours. wrap this one up. I'm glad we did this. This <laughs> honestly so was this. very cathartic to talk about this movie because mm-hmm. I, I think it's such a such an important movie for gay people, and yeah. I don't think uh I don't think a lot of I don't think we get to talk about it enough. Yeah. Oh, no. do young gay people care about the hours anymore? Probably they not. Should. No, no, I don't think so. Don't Maybe this will so. bring it back into their like uh, on their. I radar. mean, I feel like I haven't really read a lot about 
the 20 year anniversary for the hours. I don't know. I don't think right? anyone's written about it. Yeah. Maybe it's and just I a, think, and I think we're going to start a trend. I mean, I think we will. Us. Maybe it's just will. a weird, like we don't like to talk about old Miramax movies anymore. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I think it might be too mainstream. Sure. For some people. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. It might be too mainstream where they're like, there's too many A-list actors mm-hmm. and it's, and it's queer. So cancel it. Right. It's not good. It's not this. Yeah. Right. Um, I, you know, I'm going to go on a limb and say we should start doing midnight screenings of it and throw Love. crabs at the screen. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you can, oh we're going to have a drag queen get up and, uh, <laughs> lip sync along Meryl's like, breakdown where she, where she like, uh, yeah. where she like has the breakdown by the stove. I want to, I want to do, I want to do callbacks of like, I am attended by doctors. By Doctors, <laughs> that I mean, you gotta do the big Nicole scene. Nicole Oscar speech. Um, I mean, you just have to have a drag queen throw out I like can, a cake. I was gonna say I can do a drag performance and eat an entire single layered chocolate cake. Yeah, with that's blue okay. fro- with that's blue frosting. That's she doesn't eat the cake. I noticed that. I noticed she, that the other day. The she good doesn't cake. cake. She doesn't eat the good cake. Yeah, she doesn't even eat the good mm-hmm. cake. She just yeah, she's just there. Um, so yes, I'm glad we did this. Yeah, this was absolutely. really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank absolutely. you, thank you both. And I hope everyone tells their gay uh, young people to watch the hours. Yes, elder gays out there, it's your responsibility. Spread the word about yes. The hours. Spread the word about <laughs> sad gay cinema. Let's get sad, everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jackson, thank for coming so on again. Thank you, guys. You're oh my gosh, this so is so good. Fun. One more time, uh, can we hear Nicole say no? No. <laughs> I had to like search Graham Norton YouTube no, for sorry, that. I, I, I'm sorry, I sent you. No, I got it. Dog. But uh, <laughs> I think that you you said press for Paddington, and that's how, and that's how we found it. Was that it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. This is this is why I'm single because I know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you both. Thank Love you. It. All right. Oh man. Until next time, we'll see you very Until very next soon. Time. See you later. All right. Bye, buddy. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. What oh, a fun man. episode. Fun episode. Sad movie, but fun episode. So we didn't get too sad. No, not <laughs> of course. Or of course not. But uh, yeah, definitely very fun. We love when Jackson comes on the show. Great times. But for now, is it's it time, time for Patreon it's shout time outs? For Patreon shout outs. Let's hear no. Actually, it is. <laughs> we love to say hello to some uh, new patrons. Millie. Oh, Millie. We love it. Thank you for uh, being a patron, Millie. And Darcy, Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emily, Melly, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Fino. Thank you so much. Thank you for being patrons. If you are a patron, you will get the monthly newsletter, which we have to be. We will have a newsletter coming out around the time this comes out. Yeah, sure. We'll have a new one. But you'll get access to all of the commentaries. If you are a $10 a month level, Mm -hmm. you can watch a movie. With us. Yeah, that's how you Put get a on. bonus episode every week. Hit it's play. a commentary You'll track. hear Pete and I talking, or you can just listen to it in the car. 
Yeah, you, you can, can listen to it by yourself. Sync it up to the yeah. movie. We give you instructions on how to sync it up to the movie if you have it on DVD or if it's streaming. But if not, just listen to it as a as a bonus episode, and they play just fine. Uh, they're actually re- it's really fun when it syncs up to the movie. I love doing it. Yeah, it's a we lasted Catwoman. Yes, we'll indeed. be having a new one soon. Yeah, the Catwoman Catwoman uh, commentary is very fun. So check out all of our Patreon uh, additional and supplements. When episodes content. are done in advance, I have been putting them up a week early mm-hmm. on Patreon. So yeah, so Patreon listeners, we've been very good at ahead being of ahead of the curb when it comes mm-hmm. to our schedule. So I do put them up early and I put them up for any level. Yes, indeed. Uh, even the dollar level mm-hmm. of donation. So head over to Patreon for that. We'd also love it if you would subscribe, rate, yeah, review. Give us five stars. Give us five we stars. would love to hear your kind words mm-hmm. and maybe read them on the show. Yeah, you can give five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. You can also write a review on Apple Podcasts, and I think you can write a review on Spotify now too, so we mm-hmm. have to check that out. So if uh, if you drop us any new reviews, we'll read them on the show. Yeah. Uh, Apple Podcast reviews are always fun. We love reading them. We love uh, reading them on the show great news we love it it's free for you and it helps us out so head on over to um those uh platforms and do that and while you're at it you can follow us on social media we are on pretty much everything Uh, on instagram and facebook we're at movies that made us gay and on twitter at mtmug pod yes indeed and if you want to follow us on our personal accounts you can do that as well uh i am pete i am at Peter Lasagna on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And Oscar Scott on Twitter. I never have been plugging my Twitter, but I've been saying, I've said it in like the past two episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm that on Twitter. And then Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. Do so, you know that I've logged like nine Nicole Kidman movies this year? Work. Yeah. She's my most watched uh, actor. Well, I think Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. is your most favorite actor. I think so. I'm going to go out yep. on a limb and uh, say that. So, uh, I mean, until next week, everybody, thank you so much, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. No. <laughs>